Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to KEDC, and this is Red Sea Roundup. I am your host for the day, Pam Marvin. I am thrilled to be in the studio here with Thaddeus and Dennis this morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning, morning. Pam. (laughs) Pam is a rose between two thorns, as I first heard Father Mitch Pequa say. Oh, no. When Darby was standing between me and one other guy. Love her. Yeah, I'd love her too. I do too. She's awesome. For those that don't know, Darby is my wife. So there you go. Yeah. I could love her. Yes. I could love all our and listeners too. And you love her well, too. I'm sure. Well, Happy it's so, Wednesday. Yes. Uh, it's so good to be back in the studio today. I'm very excited. Uh, coming up a little bit later in the show, we'll be interviewing Angel Rodriguez. Yes. And he is the new men's ministry coordinator here at... St. Mary's, Mary's Catholic Center. Catholic Center. And for those of you listeners that don't know, they have a very good way of hiring the best and the brightest in the upcoming field um, of their choice as far as um, ministry goes. So really on fire for Christ. And we look forward mm-hmm. to talking with him about his ministry here as well as a virtue. Yeah. I'm interested to find out their their assessment of the need for a men's ministry coordinator here. So, mm. you know, I think that's that's an important need that they saw. And so they actually hired a position. It's not just a volunteer or a permanent parishioner. He's a hired Beautiful. position. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. I mean, that's it's time has way past due <laughs> in general, in, in the Catholic community as, as a whole. But yes, we're going to also be talking about the virtue of magnanimity, which I've been a little confused about exactly what that is over time. So I was really glad to do some some background work on this one. So it was really worked out well. Yeah, Pam, I think it's really magnanimous of you to want to, you know, have him on your show and give him a chance to speak and display what kind of uh, great talents he has and to talk about that virtue of magnanimity. So um, kudos to you. Oh, well, thank you. But speaking of a person that was very magnam- magnanimous. <laughs> I'm glad you're the host. I can't say that word very well. Let's talk about the saint of the day. Pretty interesting one. I'm going to start with the uh, intro to him. Does anybody know? Just quizzing you guys. The saint of the I day. I mean, I do, but I don't want to give it away for our <laughs> listeners. I want to kind of keep them on pins and needles a little bit. Ta-da-dum. Saint Pius X, born Giuseppe Sarto. Pope. Yes, he was Pope. Um, of humble origins in Reese, Italy in 1835. As pastor, bishop, and patriarch of Venice, he countered... Venezia. Ah, countered laxness and error. With a return to essentials. Boy, that sounds good to me. I like some return to essentials. Catechesis and solid priestly formation. Hmm. Upon his election as Pope Pius X in 1903, he devoted himself to restore all things in Christ from Ephesians. He published a question and answer catechism, the fruit of his pastoral experience, and he promoted the theology of St. Thomas Aquinas as a sure guide in a time of much confusion. He urged the frequent reception of communion and restored the place of Gregorian chant in the liturgy. 
Pius X died in 1914 and was canonized in 1954. Well, he sounds like a saint for our times. Indeed. Sounds like somebody we need today, don't doesn't it? Yes, it does, indeed. I love the frequent reception of communion. Oh, one of my prayers for like, you know, in general for my family members um, that are Catholics and, and they're good Catholics, but to really fall in love with the Holy Mass, especially after we saw that horrible little statistic on about Catholics and their belief in the true presence, which I am a firm believer in the true presence. But it takes contemplation as a as a convert. It took me some time of contemplation and telling Christ how much I desired to know it in my heart. And uh, he did that for me, but it doesn't come immediately. Just so you know, folks, if you ask yourself, well, I just have a hard time with that. It's a hard teaching. It's a mystery. But through contemplation and prayers, you get it. Yeah, I don't think there's anything um, scandalous to admit. Sometimes I'm in, I'm in adoration or I'm praying before the reposed blessed sacrament, maybe before mass. And I do catch myself and say to myself, what am I, what am I doing here? Kneeling before this golden cube, you know, I'm, and, and that's, but then I go back and I, I contemplate John chapter six, for example, that's a really good gospel passage to study and mm. think about, you know, Christ's words that he puts it very plainly. He reiterates that he is the body and he is the, the bread of life and that people need to uh, eat his body to have life within them. And he, he says that even after the disciples, his disciples kind of question him and say, you know, this is a hard teaching and there's others that walk away, but he, he sticks mm. to his guns on that point. And the, you, you know, you contemplate and you think about the Eucharistic miracles that have taken place over time. And, and so it's, it's, it's okay to have those moments of, wonderment of what am I doing here? If you follow it up with really answering that question to yourself, honestly. Right. I think it's very common and um, ordinary to have these doubts creep in because of our intellect being human mm -hmm. beings and having original sin. Um, but let the doubt not let you stop there, but to further your inquiry to find truth behind it. Um, don't, don't think that the doubt in itself is the end. It is not. It is a beginning of more inquisitiveness. I think that lends credence to the prayer, Lord, I believe, please help my um, unbelief. Because, you know, it's, we're all human. And I think if we all fully, fully understood what we were doing— <laughs> we would all act a little bit differently or maybe a lot differently in my own case. So indeed. Yeah. And one thing that we'll do in the, uh, the show notes for the, the pod, once this episode is podcast is we'll, we'll put a link to an online version of um, Pope St. Pius X's catechism, his question and answer catechism, because you can get that online um, electronically and or really? in, a, in an EPUB version. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he, he, he made that precisely so that ordinary Catholics could have something to study their faith by. Um, it's it's similar in some ways to the Balt you know the famous Baltimore Catechism mm -hmm. that we had here mm -hmm. in the United States. But this was for the Universal Church. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, so Saint Pope Pius the Tenth, pray, pray for, for us. us. Pray for us. So we had some of his writings. Did you want to read that one, that little part? I thought this is really a nice little thing to. To recall. Yeah, and just for those who are listening, this is Red Sea Roundup on Red Sea Catholic Radio 88.5 here in Bryan College Station. You can also hear us on 98.3 
KYAR in Waco, Central Texas, and our good friends at 107.9 KINF in Palestine, Texas, the Holy Land of Texas, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a brief excerpt from some of Pope St. Pius X's writings. This is found in today's Magnificat, uh, a wonderful spiritual aid. If you, if you don't have it, um, try it out. And he wrote uh, this in the first part of the 20th century. The times we live in demand action, but action which consists entirely in observing with fidelity and zeal the divine laws and the precepts of the church in the frank and open profession of religion, in the exercise of every kind of charitable works without regard to self-interest or worldly advantage. Such luminous examples given by the great army of soldiers of Christ will be of much greater avail in moving and drawing men than words and sublime dissertations. Ooh, ouch. Talking to me. And it will easily come about that when human respect has been driven out, and prejudices and doubting laid aside. Large numbers will be won to Christ, becoming in their turn promoters of his knowledge and love, which are the road to true Mm. and solid happiness. Oh, when in every city and village, the law of the Lord is faithfully observed, when respect is shown for sacred things, when the sacraments are frequented and the ordinances of Christian life fulfilled, there will certainly be no more need for us to labor further to see all things restored in, in Christ. Christ. So yeah. there's your there's your battle plan, everybody. So there's your battle plan. Frequent reception of the sacraments, one of my favorites, and prayer. Faithfully observe the law of the Lord. Be reverent. Mm. Teach reverence to your to your children. Frequent the sacraments and live out the ordinances of Christian life. And that's the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Absolutely. I I just love that. This is, you know, reminds me too that, you know, the the good Lord gave us our 10 commandments, not because he was just a demanding father, but more he desired it for our happiness. Mm -hmm. But as we as simple humans oftentimes are prone to disobedience instead of that obedience that says, yes, because you love us, I will follow your commandments. And, and this is just a, another way of doing it is to frequently receive the sacraments and go to him in prayer. I love what you're saying about the reverence because an everyday respect, I mean, you can see in our culture, we've gone away from just the appreciating of human dignity in one another and just mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. using nice manners. So, mm-hmm. so let's rally parents mm-hmm. to, to have, let's go all the way in that pendulum to be proper and have our manners and yeah, our families and, be so much better. And I would say um, maybe, maybe take a, take a look at, you know, looking someone else in the eye when you're giving them their, your order at uh, a restaurant or, giving a smile or an acknowledgement of the, of the head uh, to someone when you see them or waving at the person who stops for you when you cross, when you cross the street, that that's not being nice to them, but you're actually revering them as a Absolutely. human being. That's a sign of reverence. That's a, those are signs and actions of everyday reverence that we, we need to endeavor to, um, to do as, as often as we can. Right. You know, there's another one that um, I've debated over the years of being, is this legitimate or not? And that is the way uh, that we present ourselves in a ma- in manner and dress. I used to think, oh, that doesn't matter how we dress, blah, blah, blah. But if you think about going to mass, you're going to be with the king of the universe. Why wouldn't you dress up? 
why wouldn't you not wear jeans and a t-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There is something about edifying others and not because of your own, like, you know, yes, I will confess my own vanity w- would cause me to want to dress up and look nice, right? right? Right. But if I do it for me, that's not the right reason. Right. But if I do it to say your dignity matters and I want to appear in a way that is pleasant right. um, to edify your dignity, right? right? So, you know, Paul and I still today, like it just amazes us when we go to the airport now, because back when we were kids, when you traveled, you traveled in a sport coat and, right. and you know, for me, dresses or slacks, just really dressed up. Right. Um, even look how I went to football games back when Paul and I were in school in the 80s. It was like we wore dresses. It was crazy. Um, but like going back to the airports, people wear their pajamas now and house shoes. It's like mm-hmm. it. it it just kind of takes away from a court of a dignity, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm off on this one. But I think for me personally, that is a way for me to edify others mm-hmm. by saying you matter and you're important. And um, I respect you by simply my manner and my dress. I'm picking up what you're putting down, Pam. Yeah. <laughs> You're Believe being the me. hipster today there, Believe Thaddeus. Me. Believe <laughs> me, I, I agree with you. And that's not to say that the, um, that the, the beggar is not welcome at the holy sacrifice of the mass because it has to do with one's state in life and one's material circumstances about how they should present themselves to the Lord. All of us in the degree and the measure that we can should present ourselves at our best. Absolutely. And there's ways around that because what most people don't know about me is I'm a big thrifter. I take hand-me-downs and thrift quite a lot um, and still hopefully um, have a certain level of decorum with that. But I'm all about thrifting. My oldest daughter is just the queen. She she has designer clothes and they're all thrifted. It's amazing. She's very good at that. So I, without, um, we have to go talk about the, the benefit dinner before we go into our break. Yeah. So let's talk about that, Dennis. Well, I, I uh, just came back upstairs. Our guest is on his way. Wanted to make sure that he's on his way. So if I'm a little bit out of breath, we'll toss it back and forth. <laughs> The Benefit Dinner with Father Albert Haas. We've announced it to many of you on an email and uh, some in person, but we're going to have Father Albert Haas, the world-renowned speaker, spiritual oh. guide. He's an Retreat amazing master. Priest. Yeah. He's now with Cedar Break over in Belton with the Diocese of Austin. I, I'm assuming he's not traveling the world as much as he uh, used to, but uh, I think he's in his... Uh, missionary later years. Yeah, he, he does. Um, yeah, he was a missionary. He was in China for a number of years, right? Really? Mm -hmm. Has an incredible story, a very dynamic speaker and preacher. He's going to be talking. He has an incredible accent. Let's, let's just pause right there. He has an incredible Cajun accent. Well, he used to be on the air with his sister, uh, Bridget Haas or Haas. I'm sorry, Father Albert, forgive me. And they used to uh, run the show Spirit and Life. And uh, they were on Relevant Radio and our airwaves. And he used to go, I can't believe my sister is a sister. That's about <laughs> as good as I can do. That's pretty good, man. And yeah, my, my son Andrew can do a much better father, Albert Hass. So uh, we're very excited to have him in. And uh, we're going to a break.
Well, welcome back. You are listening to Red Sea Roundup on KEDC and Bryan College Station on KYAR in Waco, Central Texas, and KINF in Palestine. So welcome, listeners. I'm very excited to be uh, having Angel Rodriguez come join me here in just a little bit. We're going to be discussing his new ministry here and also the virtue of magnanimity. Yeah, but before the break, uh, I got so rudely cut off because I forgive. I please forgive me. I was not watching the clock, so uh, it was and counting. Please forgive me. It was counting down behind Thaddeus's back, and I just missed it. And I saw everything flashing and blinking. I was like, "Wow, we're in the middle of a break." So I was talking about Father Albert Hass, world-renowned preacher, uh, priest, retreat master. He's coming to our Saint uh, Thomas Aquinas Parish Activity Center in College Station for our KEDC benefit dinner. We're very excited for him to talk about qualities of contemporary holiness. And he is going to be talking specifically about Thanksgiving. So our theme for this year is in all things, give thanks. And so we're going to have a nice Thanksgiving, early Thanksgiving feast with all the fixings and trimmings. And, uh, you know, of course, we got beer and wine and just a, a rip roaring good time. Mm-hmm. We're very excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. And when is that, Dennis? November 7th at 6 30 p.m. is when the doors open and the uh, festivities and the opening prayer starts at 7. If you uh, buy a table at the $1,000 level and up, you can be a part of the VIP event one hour before the benefit dinner and come in and Hobnob and meet with Father Albert, get his blessing directly. He is an amazingly kind and magnanimous human being. (laughs) Yeah, we're very excited to have him in. And he always draws a great crowd to his local retreats that we have here. Um, We're just so happy and honored to have him in. That sounds great. I I can't believe I actually haven't seen him in person yet. I've seen the retreats pop up for Cedar Break and here locally, too. I think he's done something at St. Anthony's, as you know. He's had a couple of them at St. Anthony's and St. Joseph's local and Bryan College Station. Not certain about the Central Texas area, but if you've never seen him, even if you have seen him, he is remarkable. He is Mm. an incredible human being, and um, everyone that hears him is just awestruck by his his gift of spirituality and speaking. And um, he's just a wonderful, warm-hearted human being. We'll look forward to it. So if they want to find out more information about getting tickets to the Benefit yes. Dinner, go to our website? Yeah, go to redsearadio.org. You can click on Father Albert's face. And uh, it looks like Father Albert, but it's pronounced Albert. And uh, you can click on his face there, that banner, or you can go to forward slash benefit. So find out all the information there. And uh, we would love to see you. We're going to pack the house as always. Mm. We just opened the registration this week and we've already got probably six tables reserved Mm. right off the bat. So thank you to those that are reserving tables and are supporting us. And so uh, for those of you in the Waco and Palestine area, you're welcome to come travel here. But Waco does have their own benefit dinner in the uh, April timeline. So please look for that. Also keep us in prayer as we will be interviewing for the station director position this next week for Waco. So keep us in prayer as we discern God's will for our apostolate. And please know that you are in our prayers. We're so very thankful for all of the donors and just you as listeners too. We pray that uh, our words through the Holy Spirit bless you and that he will continue to guide and inspire us in all we do. Yeah. And if you're listening to uh, the radio during this week, 
You'll notice that Relevant Radio is in the middle of their pledge drive. Mm -hmm. They do one quarterly because they've basically taken over most of America now with their mm. their airwaves. And so uh, since they merged with Immaculate Heart Radio, they literally have two-thirds of the population within a relevant radio signal in the United States. So um, they, they do quarterly pledge drives, but we being a part-time affiliate of theirs, we get 50% of everything that's raised locally. Right. So if you're feeling called to give to Relevant Radio and Red Sea Catholic Radio your pledge to them during their pledge drive weeks, 50% of that that they collect comes back to us. And it's a tremendous benefit to our station. Yeah. You know, Dennis, I did not even know that even as a, you know, as a guest, yeah. kind of a host on, on KEDC until I mm -hmm. heard the great spot that uh, Thaddeus did yes. about it. So I was really thankful yeah. for that because I, I wasn't sure. Um, and I listen all the time. Yeah. We're, we're very grateful for that opportunity and for just for all of our benefactors, all of our underwriters, uh, your family is an underwriter for Red Sea Catholic Radio, and we just appreciate all of our underwriters and our benefactors because it makes us be able to do what we do. I just want to add that it wasn't actually my idea to do the relevant radio info spot on their pledge mm. drive. It was actually Dennis's suggestion. Oh, stop. And he suggested that I voice it. So it was a it was a team effort, and it was really him because we want people to know that— um, if they support Relevant Radio, Relevant Radio is magnanimous enough to yeah. send some of the That's funds twice. back to their uh, their local affiliates. I've, yes. on, I've only used the word once. He's used it twice. Twice. Yeah. More, he's used it more than that, I think. Yeah. So, but what is it? What so? What do you think it means by definition? Because I, I honestly, this is I'd heard magnanimity, but the, the definition I had wasn't quite what the definition of Webster, but then isn't quite the same as the definition that I found like in Catholic dictionary. So I'm, hmm. I'm interested. So do you, you guys tell so me what you see as the definition you're of magnanimity? Weber, Webster is different than it's the slightly, Catholic encyclopedia. Slightly, yes. I'm going to punt this one to, to Thaddeus to start. Oh, he's looking it up. Professor. Okay. <laughs> is he really? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I've always, kind of the connotation, what I how I kind of think about it, meaning or its general usage for me i think of a kind of a largeness of spirit mm -hmm. um a willingness to um, be be generous with one's um, talents be generous with one's um, gifts one's material resources for the um for the benefit of the of the other person and right. without any ex kind of without any expectation of return kind of i've always thought about it as Think of um, Scrooge mm -hmm. after he has gone through his encounters with mm -hmm. the ghosts and mm -hmm. how he's a transformed person. One of the characteristics of him is, I, I would say, a magnanimous spirit. And mm. I, I typically would know it probably, which would line up better with Webster, it'd be more dynamic, more energetic, more outspoken, more, um, and maybe I'm totally mixing the word up with something else. Uh, I just always thought it, it's someone that has a, a presence about themselves and an energy about themselves that's so dynamic that wants to pull others in to what they're speaking about or what they're believing. And so I may be way off. I might, so might have missed two, the mark for two both. takes. You've got two takes. Well, no, we're going to have a third one now here too because I, I always, when I think of magnanimity, I think of St. John Paul II. Okay. okay. And the way I first became acquainted with it years ago was through some of his writings, which, which in a way he was alluding to 
It is the ability to speak a certain truth with great love. Okay, so that is a component of it. It's not the whole package, but for the most part. So here, now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read the definition uh, from Webster and then kind of the Catholic version, too, of magnanimity. And then Angel will kind of set me straight here in a little bit. But the definition from Webster is the quality of being magnanimous, loftiness of spirit, enabling one to bear trouble calmly, to disdain meanness and pettiness, and to display a noble generosity. So that's kind of the Webster one. And then I'll take it to the definition um, that I found um, on a Catholic website. Greatness of soul. It looks especially to honor and seek to perform noble deeds. Much kind of what Thaddeus was saying. But this is the one that kind of tweaks it a little bit for me is its object is to perform actions that faith tells a person are great in the eyes of God. So there's that being able to treat truth, speak truth, even when it's difficult, mm. but with great love. Mm. That's what I'm seeing. But joining me now, I'm so happy to welcome my guest is Angel Rodriguez. Howdy. How are you? I'm very well. I am meeting you for the very first time, but we have some mutual friends. And oh. yes, I just talked to him last night, Joshua Calhoun. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he said, oh, what a great guy. I'm so glad you get to talk to him today on the radio. So I'm so thankful and happy to meet you. And I thank the good Lord that you are here in Bryan College Station and being a part of St. Mary. So before we go into more magnanimity, I would love to hear what brought you back? What are you up to here at St. Mary's? Uh, thank you so much. Yes, it's been a gift being back here in College Station. So I actually graduated here in 2015 with a degree in industrial distribution. And then Jesus took me over to work as a missionary with Focus uh, for three years at the University of Texas in Austin. Now, can we stop you right there, Angel? <laughs> yeah. Give us and the listeners some good explanation of what focus is. I think a lot of people who aren't parishioners here at St. Mary's don't have any idea what focus is and what it does. Yes. So let's, let's pause and talk some about, about focus. Yes, definitely. Uh, so focus in itself, it started in 1998. Our founder, Curtis Martin, um, had a lot of training with an organization called Crew, uh, Campus Crusades. Uh, so it follows a lot of a similar model going on to the college campus. So fel- focus stands for Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And the, I guess in our times right now, the college campus can be the most influential time in someone's life. So uh, a statistic that is very prevalent to us is that by the age of 23, uh, men and women that were raised Catholic, 80% of them leave the church. Yeah. So we see the power of, of the college campus and the influence that it has on someone's life and how they carry out the rest of their lives, a lot of their habits and how they In the not so positive way in in many cases, right? Okay. Yes. And luckily we're very blessed here, uh, here at Texas A&M, just even outside of St. Mary's, there's still a very good culture and that is very communal and is desiring a a good, Um, but many other campuses uh, can be swayed in many different directions um, and really confuse students in who they are uh, especially see that with what our world offers and tells us who we are and what we're supposed to do. So 
uh, focus goes into a college campus right now. I think they're in about 160, 170 campuses nationwide. 170 campuses. Wow. Yes. And five abroad uh, in Europe. Yeah. Very beautiful. And I actually had the opportunity this summer. How do you get summer. picked for one of those gigs, those overseas gigs? That sounds do you like choose a, it? And like it's kind of like deal. being stationed or something? Well, you have to have been a missionary for at least two years. Um, and then they, they try to see if it's a fit. But then it's also a little scarce uh, how many people desire to go. It is a completely radical thing to just get up and go to a foreign country. So the people country. don't want to go. Uh, some of them don't. Some of them do. There is a good amount that do really desire for international mission. Um, but it is a radical leap, uh, even more radical than going to a random yeah, that's, campus. That's probably true. That's probably true. I can see that. Yeah. So we actually had a missionary that was here for a year. His name's Seth Robert. Um, he had Texas A&M and he left to go to Ireland. Uh, so I actually got to visit him and yeah, the, the church in Europe, man, Oof. yeah, it's tough. And there's actually a funny story. I was, I was sitting in mass. This is one of the more traditional churches. And during the, they say things as quickly as possible. And one, um, when they were saying the responsorial Psalm, before she finished saying the, the, the response, the crowd was already responding from the first part. And yeah, we just see people just want to get in and out. Wow. Um, Check that box off. Yeah, exactly. That was here in the United States. No, no, that was in Ireland. Oh, in Ireland. In Ireland, okay. yes. So it, it is a very radical thing and it's very desolate right now. Mm. So it's beautiful the things that they are already doing. They have already brought, you know, more than double, triple digits to a conference like SEEK. So they brought students from Europe to America for a conference that Focus holds uh, every year, every winter uh, to come and yeah, just experience the joy and the beauty of our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so thankful so, for that. So it's yeah. great ministry. It really is. So in, in focus, we, we focus on three main things. Uh, we call it divine intimacy. So our, our relationship with Jesus being the root and the center of everything that we do. And us as missionaries growing deeper and deeper into our prayer lives and bringing other students into that. Uh, and then we reflect on to, we call it authentic friendship. So building friendships, relationship and friendship is something that's really lacking uh, mm. in our, in our time, especially our with, Yes, especially with our time with social media mm. where we're connected but not connected mm-hmm. and we don't know how to engage and interact with others. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that we, we try to live out and bring students into. Uh, and the third is we, we call this vision for spiritual multiplication. So what that is, so Jesus being God could have come and evangelized any way that he wanted to. Uh, and we saw that he did preach, but he spent most of his time with these 12 men. Uh, and even more deeply, Peter, James, and John, where he gave him his entire life. Uh, and through that, after Jesus left, the disciples and the apostles went out and made their own disciples. And we see in um, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, um, St. Paul tells Timothy, what I've entrusted to you, entrust to other faithful men who can entrust it to other faithful men. Mm. Um, so we see this mm-hmm. vision for discipleship, this vision uh, to reach the world through one-on-one personal. Yeah. Um, if if I can break in, and I think I've got the order correct, but you know, it's you can see in the Church Fathers that uh, Polycarp was a disciple of Saint Ignatius of Antioch, and Saint Ignatius of Antioch was a disciple of John, the yes. Evangelist John. So you see it even mm. worked out there in the the mm. Church Fathers, the other Church Fathers. That, yeah, that definitely. truth. Mm-hmm. And even like Saint Thomas Aquinas was uh, a disciple or taught by Saint Albert the Great. Yes. They take these beautiful yeah, giving of life of one mm-hmm. to the other mm-hmm. that Jesus showed for us. And now we we are created to do that as well. We're called to do that. And this is the best way that he decided to show us to do it. Beautiful. Yeah. So 
uh, focus goals onto the campus with a, with a team, about four or five, two guys, two girls, uh, depending on the need of the campus. And they go and just live mission uh, together as a team and letting kind of the early apostles, they had their community and they brought people into their community mm. in a similar way. That is the vision that we try to live out as a team, but also even as a church here, we want to bring people into something beautiful that we have. Um, so this is kind of the, the mission of focus. And so, uh, so give our listeners what give our listeners the the statistics about the great things that Focus is doing here at St. Mary's, and then if you can speak to what's going on at Baylor, if you have any idea about mm-hmm. that, because we have listeners in Baylor right now too. Oh, speak great. to that. Um, one thing I actually read this morning that I wanted to share is with students that have been either missionaries or involved with Focus. There's been 867 of them enter into a religious vocation. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's very beautiful. Good. Um, being able to encounter so many religious, living out this true joy and beauty and life of sacrifice mm. has really inspired a lot of men and women. Um, here at Texas A&M, it actually arrived my senior year. So a little bit right after I came to have an encounter with the person of Jesus. So the men that came, very virtuous, pure men, um, they they just started something just a culture was just shifted and where it became more of really sharing ourselves, sharing our hearts, really coming to spend very intentional time in prayer and like this sharing that with others. And uh, my class had six guys, six people total enter uh, as missionaries. That was about th- four years ago. This past year, they had 20 students uh, become missionaries. Mm. Um, so I, I was actually watching the the video where they, they're presenting when the students, uh, when the now graduate students, missionaries, see where they're going to go, what campus they're placed on. They they would encounter a team like, oh, where are you from? And they would say like, oh, what school they came from? And they kept running into A&M people like, what is going on? Um, <laughs> so it's very beautiful seeing Isn't that. Isn't that the largest class ever from one single campus? It is. It is the largest class. So, and whoop. It, yep, whoop. And it's very beautiful seeing uh, what's provided here. It really helps form us. Right. Um, and form students and... Um, yeah, we just see the fruit, the beautiful fruit of that. And so it's formed you and you did it for three years? I did it for three years. Okay. Yes. So walk us through um, as focus was winding down and you're thinking about what to do with your life, because <laughs> I want to kind of transition to what you're doing here at St. Mary's as well. So if you yes. kind of walk us through that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with focus, you make an originally two year commitment. And then after that, you can, you make it, you commit one year by one year. So I was there for two years at the University of Texas, uh, very different from here. So <laughs> I was able to enter into a culture that was very different, that was very good for my own growth, uh, to really encounter the, the real darkness of sin and the effects of sin and the desire that people truly have. Mm. Um, and then I stayed a third year to be there as a team director. Uh, so I was able to lead a team and, and really serve them and, and walk with them and help them in their own personal growth. Um, and they helped me in my own personal growth in many ways as well. Um, so uh, I was being spiritually directed by Father Brian these past couple of years. Uh, it's a huge gift. He's very, very blessed and giving man. Gifted. This is Father Brian McMaster, Father, who's the yes. pastor at St. Mary's. Yes, about. exactly. Okay. Yes. And he had, had I, as I've been expressing just desires within my heart, uh, he had begun constructing a new position, uh, a couple of new positions here at St. Mary's. Um, and one of them was to a men's ministry coordinator or a campus minister overseeing basically all of the men's ministries. Uh, and 
kind of making that transition in culture uh, change and really flourish into something, hopefully. Uh, to giving someone a specific role in it. Okay, so there, there are already some men's ministries here, correct? Yes, there is. And, but they had a campus minister that was, really, I guess, had too many organizations under him where they wanted to have someone more specific on certain men's ministries. Um, so, um, yeah, as, as Father Brian asked me about, asked me to discern it, um, yeah, as I took my time and really spoke into the desires of my heart, and I came here for a day, and there's this stillness that I experienced here in College Station. Mm, yes, and, amen. Um, it's actually kind of funny. The the vocation, I came for Mass here one, one weekday, and the vocations director from Houston came, and the gospel that day said, um, those who do the will of my father are my brother, sister, and mother. So you would think, oh, perfect. Le- sets him up right up for a vocation talk. <laughs> and doesn't speak about it at all. He actually talks, talks about how our spiritual family is more connected to us than our natural family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it, yeah, it, it, I can see that. Yes. Well, I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Red Sea Roundup on KEDC. If you have any questions for us or you'd like to pipe in, you can always call us at 855-683-7332. We're talking with Angel Rodriguez. This is Pam Marvin, your host for the day. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about his ministry here at St. Mary's, but we're also going to get into this virtue of magnanimity that I believe, so I'd heard Father Brian say that you were going to be doing it for Magnify. I and did. that, you know, I've been doing a lot of human formation stuff on this show. Mm. And that was one of them. I was like, oh, I got to have that one on. Oh. But please wrap up about how you, when did you start here? Yes. Um, so I started here a couple of months ago. So June 10th. Mm-hmm. So I left my time with Focus. Uh, I had about a month, three weeks to a month off. And then I started here right away. And mm. uh, it was just a gift to be here over summer, be able to settle in before all the students uh, arrived like now, now they are, yes. <laughs> for sure so what is your first uh, goal or first event that you're going to be doing in the men's ministry so we so this week as students come on come all in we um, already have set set scheduled dates for our men's ministry so it'll be about once a month the first Wednesday of every month uh, of school and the first one will be September 4th at 7 p.m. and we actually, I actually have an intern as well, and he, we were able to plan things together, and we were actually doing bubble soccer. Uh, we just put <laughs> on this big bubble soccer. <laughs> you put on this big. I've seen pictures. Great, <laughs> and you can just like knock people around, and we can try to have some Gatorade snow cones. We're trying to figure out how to make that one work. Uh, so we're really excited about the good. opportunity here and being here, being able to meet a lot of good men. Uh, so with that, uh, I do have a goal to really be able to give my life in a very intentional and deep way, mm. um, specifically to. Yeah, I got to I got to see you on Sunday at the the core breakfast. You and your your intern uh, Jonathan, you and your partner in crime. You guys look look like you're you're having a, a good time and you you work well together. So. Yeah, no, it's definitely a gift, and it's always a gift to be able um, to just give of ourselves uh, and make a gift of that. And um, yeah, we see that in giving, we receive. So true. We receive so much; it's all for us in a way. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds amazing. So if you ever need some permanent parishioner help, my husband's awesome. He's all into men's ministry. Oh, he, he helps out a lot over at St. Thomas Aquinas. But mm. if you ever need some, the older gents, <laughs> he yeah. count him in. Yeah, but with that, I really want to get your take on magnanimity. What it, What was your, the? just tell us a little bit more why you decided to talk on that particular one at Magnify and tell us like, 
Um, how do we become more magnanimous? Mm. Yes. So I have, I really love our Blessed Mother. Um, Amen. She is just really taking a hold of my heart and just seeing the way that she lives. Uh, there is this, I mean, all the virtues are per perfectly lived through her, but there's one in particular that really struck my heart, um, especially because we, I think we desire too little in, in our lives. And I think we can be told the opposite. Mm. We're desiring too much. Uh, and I think it's actually the opposite where we, we can be very stuck into what the world offers um, and not seeing the deeper depths of our own heart and what are these deeper depths actually desire and what fulfills it. So, and we see in our Blessed Mother, uh, especially this virtue of magnanimity, uh, where, like you said, the greatness of soul, right? So it, all together, it's kind of taking into account all of the gifts that God has given you uh, and making the best use of it as, as best as you can. So it doesn't actually contradict humility. So a lot of these things are all from St. Thomas Aquinas. He has very beautiful teaching on all of this. And he said it, it goes hand in hand with... Uh, humility because we, we take into account what has he given me and how can I use this? How can I allow God to best use this through me? How can I best live for him? I have actually a quote that I picked out of a great article that I actually posted on BCS Catholic's Facebook page today, but here's a quote from Aquinas, which this is just encapsulated so beautifully. And I'm going to take it kind of slowly because it's just so rich. Magnanimity makes a man deem himself worthy of great things in consideration of the gifts he holds from God. So this tells us, folks, that we are not great in of ourselves. It is only the gifts that God has given us which can allow us to do great things for him. Mm. But yeah, Aquinas, boy, you nailed it on that I one. Know. <laughs> I mean, he lived it out as well. Yes. He really took into use all the gifts that he, he has been given. And I think ultimately it, it comes... First and foremost, knowing how loved we are, mm. knowing that we are actually the beloved, um, that everything is for us and um, living really coming to know that in our prayer, really coming to know that uh, in, in the ways that Jesus desires to speak to us and what he desires to give to us in a revelation to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque about mm. the sacred heart. He says, I desire to share all of my possessions with you, with us. Uh, so we see like love gives away everything that it has. Um, and, and we see constantly in the Gospels how Jesus, first and foremost, wants us to know who we are and how loved mm -hmm. we are. Uh, in the Gospel of Luke, I mentioned specifically during this talk that he, it's the account that says, you are my beloved son. Right? And then Satan goes to the, in the desert. Satan attacks that very thing, if you are the son of God. Uh, and we see that even in, in the genealogy of Jesus, it ends with um, Seth, the son of Adam. Adam, the son of God, and we see our divine sonship from the very beginning. Um, and even into in, the, in the prodigal son, uh, the older son, the father comes out to him and says, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. Uh, these are truths for us, uh, that, that everything is mm. for us and that we are so loved. And, and with that, our response, uh, love begets love. Our response will be natural. We will desire to love God as he deserves right. to be loved. We'll desire to love our neighbor um, there's this beautiful quote from a church father, St. Diodicus, something like that. And he says that a man's love for God, uh, the measure of a man's love for God is solely dependent on how aware he is of God's love for him. Amen. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Mm. You know, I, I work with some in women's ministry as well, and I do find that that is one of the more difficult things is 
um, especially as women, for us to feel lovable and worth it. So um, hopefully if you're listening now, just know, sweet daughter, beloved Mm. Uh, daughter of the King, you are worth it mm. to be um, hung on the cross for, poured out the precious blood of Christ for your soul because you are so worth it. So mm. it's a reminder today, maybe someone needed to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I think about my perspective on this um, coming to mind right now as, as a parent, as a father. And I, I think a lot of times I find myself saying to my my children, especially my my two oldest sons, since we're talking about men's ministry, <laughs> um, putting putting challenges in front of them mm. for their character or for their um, uh, maybe physical challenges that I think that they can do, or maybe responsibilities around the house that I think that they can you know take on, and it it all comes back to. Um, I believe in you. I believe in you that you can do this. I believe that you have the capabilities, the gifts, um, the the perseverance to to do this. Um, so, you know, a lot of times, us being the beloved son or daughter of God is God puts crosses in our lives because He believes in us that we can right. carry that cross with him, you know, with, with him at, at our side. Um, and so we, we have to not, I think part of knowing that, that how much we're loved is persevering, maintaining that hope in, in Christ, not, not despairing. Mm-hmm. And, um, maybe that comes back, maybe that does tie into magnanimity in some way. Um, you know, one of the ways that I've articulated it, too, we talked about this off air, um, on my refrigerator. So I have two teen girls at home still, too. Mm-hmm. And this is really, I usually think about for myself and think, wow, this really applies to all of us in the house, except my husband, because he's awesome. <laughs> no, <laughs> but is holy confidence. Now, mm-hmm. holy confidence is knowing who you are and whose you are. Again, that really speaks into the magnanimity because when we come from a place of being deeply and profoundly loved, we have this holy confidence, not an arrogance, not, um, I mean, this, it all humility, this magnanimity that says, I've got this because God's got this. Mm. Holy confidence. So I'm going to practice that more today. I have it on, written on our refrigerator so we can <laughs> go out there and be confident because we are a beloved daughter or son. Yeah, maybe it's that once you, when you know how much you've been given and how much confidence there is, uh, God's confidence in you, maybe you, you could say your your parents or your family or your spiritual family's confidence that they have in you, like, you know, your focused missionary team, your, your fellow missionaries, um, you all had confidence in one another. You believed in one another, you prayed for one another, and that gave you the ability to go out and, and do what you needed to do each day. But um, then from that, kind of what you're saying, Pam, is is that ability, or that's when you're able to pour yourself out mm. for the other mm. rather than having this attitude of, you know, needing to grasp at mm. um, honors and experiences and pleasures mm. to satisfy yourself. 
but the magnanimity is that virtue of being able to empty yourself for the Absolutely. other person Give. because you know how much you have been given and how much you are Amen. loved. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that fair to say? Oh, definitely. And there's even this Bishop Aaron talk I was listening to that said how we don't possess something until we give it away. Mm-hmm. Like love that we receive, we don't p- fully possess it until it's given away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think too, we, when we think about um, just the, um, so I was thinking yesterday kind of in my, in my prayer, especially with at the rosary, uh, I was seeing how um, when we, love has its demands, like we receive love, but then love will compel us to do something, kind of like demand us to do something in a way. And I was thinking, like, okay, if I bought a sandwich and I was walking on the streets and I see this man that um, is homeless and is hungry, uh, I'm going to want to, it's, my heart's going to be compelled to give him my sandwich, right? And kind of in a way, like, love will demand me to do it. Mm. And then it just reflected, it brought me back to Jesus, just, okay, how much more poor, needy, um, broken, and in need of, of love am I? And how much more does Jesus desire to just give it all to me? Um, wow, I love that analogy. It's so beautiful. Yeah, so true. Yeah, and we see the, I guess even too, um, advocate, I'm a big advocate for the rosary, because we see how Jesus and our Blessed Mother um, model these these virtues, and we, we become what we contemplate. So if we're constantly contemplating mm. the life of Jesus and our Blessed Mother, we'll start to live out these virtues. So I guess as y'all were speaking, I was thinking a lot about the reliance that our Blessed Mother had on God the reliance that he's going to provide for me. Yeah, I, I know if I say yes to this, I know his goodness. He's going to provide for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it comes back to knowing his goodness, knowing that he will be faithful. Uh, I've heard it that trust is the result of knowing love. Uh, and we can, we can see that in our lives. So uh, true. And those around us. Um, so um, I think we just see that very, very lived out very beautifully in the lives of Jesus and our Blessed Mother. Right. As you're talking, um, especially about that love, I was reminded of one of the times I had a profound moment about that love. And that was on, um, I think it was Good Friday. And I had this experience of seeing Jesus hanging on the cross on Good Friday and taking it personally. Mm -hmm. Like it was very personal. It was like as if I came to know that that was exactly for me. It is for all of us, of course. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it in its profundity Mm -hmm. as for you, it's it's overwhelming and, and it, it inspires you to come from a different place when you realize that kind of love. Yeah, definitely. Wow. No, yeah, and, and it just shows us the degree uh, of love that, that God has for us. And even to, in our prayer, especially in the rosary, we see like Jesus desires us to know that we are the beloved, the beloved son and daughter. And, and we see what a life like that looks like. Um, so yeah, I'm sure Amen. receiving that love yeah. uh, has really transformed uh, how it's so healing, mm-hmm. so healing. So, we, so one of the ways that, um, you, I don't know, we take it back to magnanimity is what I'm hearing though, is we have to get to this place of, of, of feeling that wholeness to be able to exude that magnanimity or, or maybe we can practice magnanimity and, and get mm-hmm. to the healing. I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, definitely. Um, I think it'll it'll begin with the feeling. So Pope Benedict talks about uh, how love engages everything. It engages your mind, your will, and and your emotion. Uh, but eventually, it'll just transfer into your your will and your intellect. Uh, so it, it is allowing love to engage all these areas uh, in our prayer. But then allowing, kind of, that is how you're saying, allowing these challenges that are presented, 
knowing that you have the capability to do it and living it out in confidence that you will you have what it takes and you have received from God uh, what it takes to carry out uh, these challenges and these trials that are presented. Yeah, I think another Bishop Barron uh, remark that comes to mind for me is he he spoke uh, not too long ago on his maybe in a sermon or on his his podcast about um, when you see somebody going off the rails, mm. maybe it's a child. So he's he's that that child let's say is living out a no, mm. and you come in as the parent and you say no to that no you're saying yes. So, so mm. in that love, love is always yes. God is always yes. But sometimes that takes the form of saying no to our initial mm. no to his love. So like the child, you know, disobeys you and is saying no to your loving, you know, guidance and, and kind of world that you're creating for them. Mm. Well, you have to step in and say no to that. No, to, um, re kind of recreate the, Yes, or reestablish the equilibrium in that in that system, mm-hmm. that created system, and we have to make sure that we're doing that. And I don't know; I often do not do this. I often don't say that no magnanimously. Mm-hmm. I say it from. I say it annoyed. I mm-hmm. say it <laughs> angrily. I say, when anger is not justified, you know. Mm. I say it. Um, exasperatedly Mm. and I don't I need to pray more often for saying that no magnanimously in in my own family as the love flows out from your no yeah yeah Mm -hmm. for sure and as you like have a great desire for them like making it known that yeah, in magnanimity, it's because we have great desire because we're we're created for this eternal Mm. greatness like I'm saying no to you because you're better than this. Yeah. You're not being your, your full self. You're not, you're not mm. being all that you can be to steal something from the army. <laughs> mm, so true though. Yeah. So being uh, yeah, the I best think you it, can it'll be. It'll come down into uh, knowing the eternal greatness that we're called into and yeah. not allowing, I guess the world to tell us what greatness is. So it comes also to in our formation of uh, what's forming me. Am I watching these TV shows, am I spending all this time doing here? Mm-hmm. Or am I, am I reading what the saints write? Am I reading scripture? Right. Um, what am, what am I am I listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio? <laughs> right. What's, great, o- what's occupying great, your gray yeah, matter? Which could be a whole nother show, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pam, we only have about three minutes left. Were you hoping to give Angel a time to talk more about what's upcoming for men's ministry here? Or did we already, did we already do enough of that already? I don't know. Do you have something you'd like to plug that's coming up? Man, well, um, we have Magnify next week, so I'm sure it's already been out and about uh, next Thursday, next Wednesday, Wednesday at 7. A week from today. A week from today. Wow. It's all coming up. And then... What's the topic? The topic is charisma. So knowing the gospel and sharing it. And I think Marcel Lejeune, mm. yes, he is. He'll be speaking. And He'll do a fantastic job. Oh, definitely. Uh, and then the week after, we'll have men's and win- women's ministry. So also give... Um, my coworker, a plug. Uh, both will be at 7 p.m. September 4th. Uh, we'll be in Simpson Drill Field for bubble soccer and Gatorade snow cones. Mm. And there'll be one month, every month after that, uh, the first Wednesday. And through that, you'll be able to come to know more ministries that are provided here for men. Uh, just with Knights of Columbus, there's Pescadores, there's Focus, focus Bible Studies, and we're even having home groups 
a small group studies for men as well. So, and you have uh, a women's counterpart too th- that was brought on, and her name is her name is Erica Ricard okay. Richard, uh, and yes, yeah, she's just such a gift, and she's from Florida State, and she's already doing very beautiful things here. So wow. I think their event will be here in at St. Mary's. So women, come on out. That sounds beautiful. I I am overwhelmed with God's glory to. Uh, to have you here today to, to meet you like this across with the microphones is pretty cool. Uh, I look forward to getting to know you better and uh, hearing you speak more often. So I'd love that. So you are such a blessing already. Um, we'll be praying for you and your ministry here, Angel, so much so um, for those men. Yeah, thank you all so much. And it's been such yeah. a gift yeah, to well, be here. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today on Red Sea Radio at KEDC, um, also out at KYAR. So Whooped all you Baylor Bears out there. And for KINF in Palestine, we hope this show has blessed you today. So what a pleasure meeting you today. Likewise. Yeah. Such a gift to know that you're all also in my prayers. Yes. Well, I um, also want to do a big shout out and congratulations to Thaddeus and his latest family member. But until then, I'll see you in a few more weeks. But until then, please go and love your neighbor. 